Welcome to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. The podcast that's more 90s than trying to find a turbo man. Yes, it's December. Let me do my jingle all the way reference, people. My name's Ash Rose, your host and your guide on this, the original 1990s football podcast. And joining me as always in that it's probably quite cold, actually, in the football tavern. Now we're getting in December. How is it going? How are you joining the World Cup, Mr. Ed Chambers? I am absolutely uh, loving it, to be honest, Ash, um, due to, uh, you know, football every day on the TV. I mean, you can't I mean, you can't really complain about that. I mean, we're in we're in the stage now, aren't we, where it's last 16, where there's going to be a couple of days off uh, coming up. I know. And then um, but I was really enjoying the 10 o'clock, one o'clock, four o'clock, seven o'clock. You know, I think. I think it's a bit unfair that FIFA put games at seven o'clock, you know, because for us parents, it means that there's a bit of a fight trying to get the kids yeah. to bed. I mean, I think that's a bit inconsiderate of them. I think they should have, uh, you know, I don't care what time it is in Qatar. Yeah. You know, it affects my life that it's on at I've seven got, o'clock. All the controversies in Qatar yeah. is the worst one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yes. I think out of all the controversies to do with Qatar having it, which has been in the pipeline for about 12 years now, yeah. I think having a game at seven o'clock when parents, parents probably put their kids got, yeah, I think that is outrageous. Scandalous, yeah. absolutely scandalous. Yeah. I mean... The 10 o'clock one I've loved. Like, the 10 o'clock yeah. game was like, sit down at my computer, yeah. like, oh, yeah. I can watch a football. I mean, most of them have been pretty dire, actually. The first game yeah, the, 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 the first week, um, in terms of the football, the first week was pretty poor actually yeah. i think up until the, up until the first like the second sunday um so that's a week after the qatar you know like the first game yeah. and i think yeah i think there was a number of reasons for that but teams just didn't want to lose games and yeah. if i'd have if i'd have watched another game where the keeper rolled the ball out to a center half they split it goes out to the fullbacks it comes back into center midfield and then sort of goes back to the keeper again it was so dull um, England and France aside, really, and the Richarlison goal, I suppose, yeah. that first week was a bit boring. And then suddenly, it just that second round of games, it just burst into life. Yeah. Um, and then the, I mean, the, some of the third, I mean, some of the third games were absolutely every, bonkers. Every group was just, yeah. Last games, there was so much jeopardy on. Yeah, like, I like, yeah, it's your your favourite word, yeah, jeopardy. That's where it, that's where it came in, and and you know, I mean, even for like sixty seconds, both Spain and Germany were out. Yeah, that's you know, and, that screen grab was is insane. It was yeah, like, it's, it's, yeah, like how did that even work? Yeah, and yeah. Um, and yellow you know, cards came into it. And oh, don't get me. Sort of drawing lots, which I don't think they've done since. Was that? Well, didn't they do that in ninety? Didn't Holland? Yeah, they did um, in ninety because it was less teams. I think it was twenty four. Um, Holland and Ireland went through, and they they had they had exactly the same points, goals difference, everything. So they drew lots. And the Dutch went to the San Siro to play the Germans as yeah. a result. And Ireland went on to play Romania, as we know famously. Um, but yeah, don't get me started on the yellow card thing, though. I don't want teams going through for not kicking people. Come on. I know. You know, what's all that about? That is the worst ever of the Graham Sooness. He would not like that. The Grampus Oh, my God. Can I just say as well at this point, the Graham Sooness is without doubt the most miserable man in Qatar. Yeah. You know, like, come on, Graham, smile a bit, mate. Yeah. He's, he's making Roy Keane look cheerful. He's, ma- yes. he's, ma- he's making Roy Keane seem like Mac- Michael McIntyre, if I could say it right. Um, he's, I would he's, really love know. to see Roy Keane present the wheel. That is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Roy, Roy, just going, 
Come on, you've got to answer that question. Yeah. It's your job. It's your job. <laughs> In the wheel, it's your job. It's your job, yeah. But, yeah, so, though, um, you know, I mean... I've got, I mean, a lot of people have a lot of issues with the World Cup being in Qatar. I have done for 12 years, really, and human rights and the way they've treated migrants and, you know, the LGBT community and everything is 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 all there. It should never have been there in the first place, but it is. Um, and so I've just tried to enjoy the football as much as possible, really. Yeah. And as I say, apart from the first week, I've, I've really enjoyed it, actually. I think, I've got you know, we're... Like normally at this World Cup stage, I start to start. There's a slight ache in me that goes, "Yeah, I'm ready to get back to domestic football now." I haven't yeah. got that yet. No, I, no I, I always find the thought of it like, oh, "I don't really want. I'm not really ready for a, like yeah. the Carabao Cup and playing Burnley yeah. at home." But I will yeah, be no. when it happens. But I think, yeah, I'm, of course. But no, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, obviously, this is a very strange, yeah, you know, never, never before happened scenario that we are. Um, going to get back to club football like ridiculously quickly after the World Cup um, final finishes um, and hopefully you know you never know England might be might be at that final I think I think it's a shame in a way that the groups and the the, the tournament has worked out that England and France will play each other this Saturday um, as we record this I, I just think I mean Brazil possibly Brazil aside England and France are probably the, the best two yeah. teams um, and and therefore that means two of the best teams, one of them is not going to be in the semi-finals, let alone the final. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that's a shame. But that's just the way the yeah, tournament... The to- I mean, if you yeah. if you look at the last tournament, I wouldn't have said England were amazing, um, yeah. but still made the semi-final because of the way the draw worked out. So I suppose you, you pay your money, you, you yeah. take your choice. I suppose. Well, I think the quarterfinals, if Spain and Portugal, as we record this, get through, I mean, those eight teams, you're kind of like, that's the cream of the crop. You've yeah, definitely. Kind of... Definitely. Yeah. Germany and Belgium. I, I I didn't think Belgium were in any. I think oh. it makes the FIFA rankings exactly what they are. A bit of a joke. Yeah. Belgium yeah. way past it. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think Belgium has. I think Belgium's world ranking has basically kept Roberto Martinez in a job yeah, totally. um, for yeah. a long time. I think he did well to get them to the semi-finals four years ago, but you know, and they got knocked out in the quarters in the Euros. But you know, for the for the caliber of player they had for a long period of time. Um, but it sounds, you know, from what we're hearing now, it sounds like a lot of them don't get on, which is yeah. quite funny. It's, it's so, like a mix um, of England's golden generation and the Dutch of the late nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good, yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. Actually, the two of them just seem to, the two, you know, the two sets of players, you know, just don't seem to. There's, there's a lot of friction in that squad. But what do you think about England then? What do you think? I mean, look at France coming up. I just um, think, like, I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, 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 spot, no totally. Know, but... no, it's obviously on everyone's mind, um, and we're dating this horribly, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. But it's, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit annoyed at the general, this generation who can't, don't know how good they've currently got it. Like, yeah, as a definitely. 90s podcast, I mean, we were saying that. I mean, the 90s were a good period for England, but there was a lot of heartbreak, but we did manage, yeah. we went deep into deep ish into tournaments, yeah. Um, there was a lot of heartbreak though, and then it obviously the two thousands were pretty dire, and, and especially going towards the end. Um, Definitely, I there's I failed to see too much of a weakness in this England team. Like going into it, there was mm. concerns over the centre of defence, but Harry Maguire has been arguably one of the best defenders in the tournament. There mm. was worries in midfield, but Jordan Henderson seems to have found a new lease of life, and his yeah. access with you know Stark could be the, the the golden ball player in Jude Bellingham who yeah. is 19 everybody 19 um Crazy. so far he was like he's so far for the 90s it's like a, 
a dot to him. Yeah. He wasn't even knowing the ball near him. <laughs> and then he got, you know, there's goals literally everywhere. We're not relying on Harry Kane anymore. Like there are goals, no. even Marcus Rashford, who I was like, no, I never really thought he was into. I mean, I'm still not completely convinced, but he's scoring goals. So France is hard. And they have, have the world's best player in Kylian Mbappe. I, I'm a big fan of Giroud, who's, you know, I hate saying he's underrated. He can't be. He's won a World Cup. He's won the Champions League. He's the yeah. France's top scorer. But I don't think he's regarded or put in the yeah. same echelon as... Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, if they're in that final on, and was it the 18th of December, I wouldn't be surprised. I think, yeah. you say, them, France and Brazil, it's, it's going to be one of them, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's looking that way. I mean, as you say, I think, you know, some people... Some people listening maybe don't realise how good they've got it um, right now. I mean, watching the game on Sunday against um, Senegal, I mean, the first half an hour was pretty, you know, it was a bit cagey. And then suddenly, bosh, blew them away within about a five-minute period, two new up, and not just blew them away, looked leagues above them in that period of time. And the second half managed it with the lovely third goal as well. We don't normally do that. We're not yeah, used to that. Even in, even, that. In, even in the 90s, when, you know, at periods of time when the England football team was really good, it was never levels above other nations. It was always decent, but not levels above. And at the moment, it feels like we're a couple of levels above, which is, and if you look at the bench, some, some games, I'm thinking, yeah. I think, hold on a minute, there's Grealish and um, Rashford and Mount and Madison and, here and trip here and I'm thinking bloody hell this is you know this is quite a, a Trent Alexander-Arnold this is a great it's, a, it's everywhere and, and, we can and, afford to send I mean obviously right, Sterling's gone home for unfortunate reasons but the fact that we can mm, afford to send him home and we're not like yeah. oh my god from a footballing yeah. point we're like it's okay yeah. we've got 11, 11 v 11 I, I think England give I think England give anyone a game I really do yeah. um, and, that's, and that's very rare we can say that and as you say I mean anyone that that lived England from 2006 to 2018 really um, oh, yeah. knows that this is this is I mean Jude Bellingham is superb I mean as you say I mean I put on Twitter the other day that he was born I love this he was born two days before David Beckham signed for Real Madrid and then two days after that Roman Abramovich took over Chelsea so that's how young he is and I saw I saw a picture of his parents this morning in the newspaper I'm not joking mate they don't look that much older than me and you. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and, and and I'm like, I'm looking at these parents thinking, shit, you know, they're, they're our age. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're probably not that much older than us. So he's so, a little uh, baby, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he has, you know, I mean... He has like, no David memory Beckham, of the Chelsea beforehand. He, no, and, 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 and you know, David, David Beckham playing for Man United was something in the olden days for him. <laughs> yes. we, we remember, like, Beckham being at Preston, you know, like, stuff like that, you know, so... Uh, so yeah, thanks. Yeah, cheers, Jude. <laughs> yeah, thanks, yeah. Hey, Jude. For yeah. what? You know, what? I, 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 I remember Birmingham retiring his number and thinking it was a ridiculous thing. I now yeah, think by uh, twenty and twenty-one because any number near his yeah. number for that club. No disrespect yeah. to any Birmingham City fans listening. Yeah, um, but he's that good. Yeah, I, yeah. Right. yeah. We 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 all scoffed at it at the time, but they were they were obviously light years ahead of us because yeah. he, <laughs> yeah. he is he is absolutely brilliant. He yeah. is absolutely brilliant. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, final point of the World Cup. I mean, in four years' time, they're going to change it. Yeah. Format. I mean, yeah. surely there must be look. I mean, I'm saying surely from and thinking these are sensible people that at FIFA that make these decisions, and they're going to make this like three team group, and it's yeah. not going to be as good, is it? Uh, no, it's not. Um, 
even in even in America and Canada and Mexico, which yeah, I think I, th- I think um, I think this is this is common with FIFA and UEFA really that if something if something isn't broken, they'll just fix it anyway. Yeah. Um, and again, a bit like the Champions League Super League scenario with the Champions League extending just to pacify the Super League. Yeah. This is to pacify the Wenger types, I think, who wanted the World Cup to be every two years. Two years, yeah. Yeah, and I think they've... So, but I'm worried. Um, I'm worried for two. I'm worried for two reasons, right? One, I'll probably remember this. I forget the second one now. But the first, the first thing is, I'm worried about there's almost going to be too much football. I know you can't, I know that sounds ridiculous from someone who's addicted to football, but it's almost like too much, you know, like too many games. And the second thing is, it's like when the Euros extended, you get teams in the World Cup who, no disrespect to them, are probably not a World Cup standard, but they're there because the numbers have extended. And, And you'll get games where... You know, two teams from again. You know, I'm not. You know, everyone's welcome, and you know, if you qualify, you qualify. But if you get two teams, very small teams playing one another, it's just another game, and you just think no one's really interested in yeah. in this. You know, and and that's and that's a worry. But it dilates the quality, doesn't it? Absolutely. So, um, you know, arguably, I still think the World Cup should be 24 and the Euro should be eight. But there you go. So uh, yeah. that's. That's, That's me. It should be, yeah. Definitely. So, uh, I, I love this. We've not, we've barely mentioned the nineties. We are a nineties football podcast. Yeah, I know. We? Well, we're all very much <laughs> in the World Cup. I've tried to make a couple of references back to the nineties, but that, yeah, that's into yeah. it, right? Everyone, stop. We're back in the nineties. We've had yeah, our that's it. Um, and we're that's talking it. World Cup Neighbours yeah. is on in a minute. <laughs> Neighbours is on in a minute. Yeah, I'm going to get my advice versus my tab clear, and I'm going to sit and watch, uh, watch Neighbours. Um, we are talking today. We're, do- we're keeping it World Cup. So with this gap in the in the uh, schedule that you're going to have this week for the World Cup, fill it with some this. And it's an eleven people. Um, yes, we're doing an eleven today, and we've got a guest as well to help us. We'll tell you the rules and all that once we get into the show. But yeah, we're talking World Cup in the nineties. We're looking back at those three tournaments that we hold so dearly um, from the nineteen nineties. I saw a tweet actually from. I don't know who it was. I think it may have been Steve Scrag, actually. He's been on this podcast before. He's an author. And he said that it was something I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember the exact words. The first World Cup is when you fall in love with football. By the third, have you become disillusioned? Yeah. Did you, I don't I saw that. And I thought completely opposite as well, because like my first World Cup, I remember is 90, which I love still. And yeah. I think it's very much revered as well. By my third, in 98, I think the, I think football was on speed at that point. I think '98 yeah. is kind of like it's one of the best. I mean, it doesn't help because it's one of the best World Cups of all time. I think France, yeah. but pure. I mean, it's actually my third favorite of the decade. But if we're being yeah. Yeah. straightforward about it in terms of quality and drama and the sort Absolutely. of players that were there, I yeah. think that '98 it says it all. So I, I mean, it right. obviously, completely depends on when you were born I suppose I think yeah I think I'm you know I'm touching sort of 40 years of age and to be honest with you I don't think I've ever felt disillusioned by the World Cup yeah um, I still I still get excited by it. yeah I still I still I still watch it I love it yeah. <laughs> to be honest with you so uh so each to their own I suppose yeah right let's get into it then this is uh me and Ed speaking with our guest today doing our World Cup 90s 11 so get involved as well if you want to do your own stick it on Twitter but enjoy Sit back and enjoy a nostalgic ride through the decade that truly changed the face of football. If the 90s are now retro, then it's time for a celebration. Welcome to Alive and Kicking, 
the 90s football podcast. Joining us now on this, uh, well, getting festive, actually. It's a fe- almost a festive episode of Alive and Kicking, which ties in very nice to something you should buy at Christmas. We will talk about that in just a second. Um, he's been on the show before. He is an author. He works in TV stuff as well, which we, will, we might pick his brains about. John Smith, how you doing, John? Yeah, good. Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. No, it's good. It's good to have you back on indeed. And as I mentioned, author there, we, we we might as well go straight into it. Christmas is on the horizon. We're in December already. That's plugged the new the third instalment, your solo act, if you will, of this amazing series. It's called Final Third. Tell us about it. Absolutely. No present, no better present to be had. It's uh called Final Third, the last word on our football heroes. And as you say, it's the third in a, a series. Um I, I wrote Booked and Second Yellow with Dan Chelfer. Uh, and now after a, an amicable wham style split i've written this one on my own um uh, yeah it's the third installment so it's it's based on having read over 300 football autobiographies for it it's picking the best stories out it's writing about sort of what ties people together the differences um yeah just just the best of and hopefully writing about it in a funny and interesting way yeah i mean i've read the th- i've read the first two and i love them so i can't wait Hoping the solo album is as good as, you know, the Wham previous. Album. Fingers crossed, right? Keeping the analogy going. Um, Ed, I know you're a big fan of autobiographies. So come on, pick out pick out some of your favourite. Let's, let's test the master. We've got the master in the house. So but how about you? How about your, what, what are your favourite autobiographies? Oh, that's a good, that's a really good question, Ash. Um, favourite autobiographies? Wow. Um, I always go uh, stock answer, uh, Tony Cascarino. Oh yeah, uh, really enjoy uh, Tony Cascarino's book. I know it's, I think it's twenty two years old now. Unbelievably, yeah, really? I believe so. Yeah, I think it was. I think it came out in the year two thousand. But um, really enjoyed that. Um, just due to, I mean, obviously there's the the chapter in there about having discovered that he may not have been Irish the whole the long time. <laughs> Excellent. The whole the whole family connection and how that how that came out. And then, um, but it was just such a an honest book I recall if you if you remember around that time a lot of footballers books were like then I did this and then I did that and it was kind of all almost about how they made the big time whereas Tony's book was almost like how the hell have I got here and am I good enough to be here and definitely he'd have been sent off to some sort of psychologist in today's modern (laughs) game because he did definitely question his ability so uh, go with that uh you know we're Obviously, read Glenn Oddle last year, read Glenn Oddle's book, Pat Nevin as well. Um, really, Pat Nevin's is a really good book. And if there's going to be a second instalment of that, which I think there is, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Pat Nevin's uh, next one because his, yeah, his first book was decent. Mm, no, some good ones there. John, are you kind of glad now it's Christmas and you, you've taken a rest from the books? You're not looking at the shelves going, oh God, I've got to read another one. Or is it is it kind I of mean, a nice rest now? Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to have a break from football autobiographies. <laughs> obviously, um I, I have got um out of a, a deep sense of loyalty, obviously I've got Mark Nobles on my Christmas list. Of course. Yeah. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's gonna that's gonna arrive and that'll be the, the one that I dip back in on um but whether i start making notes on it and folding down pages or not it will, will determine come, whether i'm going to do any more or not yeah the urge, the urge will definitely come yeah definitely. i've been i've been sort of sworn off them for sort of six months since i finished the book um yeah. <laughs> and like having spent sort of three years scouring every charity shop and you know national trust second-hand bookstore that i've passed or, or anything at all looking for um 
football autobiographies. I, I've managed to uh, put them back on the shelf whenever I picked them up in the last six months. So yeah, on on a certainly on a break at the moment. Yeah. If do you, you feel like to... you, um, sorry, Ash, I was going to say, do you feel like you know the players better than your own family at this stage? You know, you've <laughs> sort of read so many autobiographies that some of them. You know, <laughs> some of them, though. Some of them, you definitely feel like you know, you know better than they know themselves because yeah. some of the stuff they get wrong. You think, you think, hang on, how, how has that made it into your book? Yeah. Like Neil, Neil Ruddock, at one point, Neil Ruddock can't even remember the order in which he played for teams. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I can tell you where he ended up. Yes. That's where everyone ends up. Everybody ends up. Everybody ends up. The graveyard. The yeah. graveyard shift. Keith Rowland and Ian Dowie, as, the job, as me and John have joked about in the past. Yeah, that's yeah. what <laughs> John, if you ever want to do a spin-off in a different world, the, the wrestling autobiography world is, is a very really? dark tunnel to go down in stories, especially if you read Hulk Hogan, who pretty much ends every other sentence with the word brother. And, and, that, <laughs> and that is probably the only thing here that's true as well, because it's right. a load of nonsense. But yeah, I've read some even, really, even when he's talking to his sister. Yeah, <laughs> probably brother, probably brother, brother, brother. Yeah, it's a, it's a very, uh, I, di I digress. It's not a wrestling podcast, but that is, yeah, that is an area of autobiographies that is very much fun. Um, let's talk about today's show. We, uh, we're going World Cup. We haven't done enough World Cup. We've been far too busy covering it in the United <laughs> um, whatever we're doing in the outside world. But we, you know, we're enjoying the World Cup, but we're keeping it 90s today, obviously. And it's this has come off the back of a tweet from, I hope I pronounced this right, Andrew Sheech, Sheech who challenged us to do this, uh, a World Cup 11, if you will, which we are taking up. We have slightly simplified the rules just to make it more fun and more easier. Um, so the basis of this, and get involved if you want on Twitter and send us your version if you want. Yeah, we've got a, four, we've got three World Cups, excuse me, in the 1990s. So 11 players and a manager, which makes, if your maths is correct, four from each. So four from 90, well, Italian 90, four from USA 94, and four from France 98 will make up your 11 players and a manager. We've all picked our teams. Me and Ed, no doubt, will be probably almost exactly the same as they always are. So we're hoping John throws in a bit of flavour. Um, as soon as you're the guest, John, do you want to kick us off then? Should we do go? Oh, so what formations have you gone, guys? John, what formation have you gone? Uh, mine's 4 3 3. Yeah, I've gone 4 3 3. Ed? Um, I've gone for a slightly sort of a four-four-two diamond formation. Oh, diamond. Um, to be perfectly honest, I've got um, I've got a I've got a man behind the a man behind the front two and someone protecting the back four. So uh, yeah, I've got, I've probably I've probably gone into it a bit too much, really. That's all right. That's fine. We can we can separate those. Um, and that's the only Neil Diamond you'll hear in the nineties because why that yeah. song's taken over three lines oh. of the song for the England football team. I've no idea, but it annoys me. Uh, John, you're a goalkeeper, please. Uh, right, I'm. Uh, I'm in 1990 with my goalkeeper, and it's the Argentina goalkeeper Sergio Goycochea. Aha! The story behind this one, sir. Well, it's uh, an interesting story because he wasn't first choice going into yeah. the tournament. Um, Pumpidou was the was the first choice. You know, World Cup winner four years earlier. Has an absolute nightmare against Cameroon in the opening game. Throws one in, and they lose. Keeps his place, but then breaks his leg 10 minutes into the second game yeah, against course. Russia. Gorkachev comes on, keeps them out, keeps his place in the team. Goes on to have an amazing World Cup um, penalty shootout specialist. Gets them through that game against Brazil. Penalty shootout against Yugoslavia. He saves a couple, saves another couple in the semi against Italy. Nearly saves the penalty in the final. Mm. But, you know, but yeah, plenty enough to be my goalkeeper. Yeah. Strange team, that Argentina team, I always think, because... 
other than Maradona, who wasn't by any stretch at his peak at that point, no one ever really picks out anyone else yet. They got to the final. It's a very, yeah. it's a very I always find that kind of strange quirk that you can't really, apart from somebody getting mullered in the first game, but it's, <laughs> it's a strange team. Yeah, I mean, I, I will definitely be coming back to it later. Oh, yeah. but yeah, spoiler I alert. think, spoiler I alert. think you've got Goya Kachar in there, and you've got you've got Maradona, and and Kinesia was sort of his right hand yeah. man, wasn't he? And you know, partner in crime. That um, uh, the Brazil game being a particular highlight. Yes, that's, that's, World that's Cup a good game. game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Ed, who have you gone between the sticks? Um, well, just uh, just pick up on John's last point there. I think um, the, the Argentina. I think there's some similar similarities between them then and now. I think there's uh, the Messi is kind of carrying that team at the moment yeah. in a similar sort of way. Unbelievably, and having never met John before, <laughs> I've gone for exactly the same goalkeeper. Oh, OK. Yeah, that's honestly, it. I've got Goikatea <laughs> written down here because... Well, yeah, that's interesting. Nine... Like, the goalkeepers we could have all chosen and we've got yeah. left. Yeah. yeah, I think... Is it... I think, you know, goal... goalkeepers are remembered at World Cups for penalty shootouts. Really, I think you're not you, you. You don't remember too. You know, there's obviously the odd exception here and there, but you don't remember too many for standout displays, etc. But yeah, Goicochea just came into that Argentinian team and was the penalty shootout king. Um, it helped that he, I still say it, I think it, it looks like he was a bit of a shit house as well. Yeah, that whole Argentinian team was, was it? I think pretty. Much. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was just he was just a real character, and um, you, you know, I just. I went for him because, well, yeah, I mean, he he, he almost single-handedly got his team to the to the mm. final through penalty shootout. So, uh, yeah, it's a great shout by John. So, yeah, that's made my life easy. I've gone for the oh, same guy. Okay, well, I always I think he, I always think he looks a bit like a like a sort of a, a gangster's right hand man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Got a look of it. Look, look yeah. at the henchman about him. Yeah. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't make it a trio then. I have gone left field, but maybe for anyone who knows me or listens to this show a long time will probably go where I'm going with this USA 94 the, the goalkeeper that's probably more known for his kicks obviously and, and me being a big cat guy cat, cat guy no kit guy I'm definitely the kit guy um George Campos of Mexico and those absolute kit and it is yeah I am picking it almost solely on the fact that I was obsessed with the fact that he designed his own kits and not only did they designed them. I mean, they were the most flamboyant, ridiculous 90s looking goalkeeper shirts you'd ever seen. Um, he had, you know, had a decent tournament, but I think everybody just remembers his, his, his goalie kit, really. And I, that's that's somebody's after my own heart. So I've gone for George Campos in goal. Um, he is also somebody, and I don't know if anyone remembers this, his upper deck trading card, which were the mm-hmm. main set from the USA 94 World Cup, was a picture of him playing he was outfield and I'm sure I'd have to dig it out he was doing a bicycle kick as well I mean how many people <laughs> can say that so yeah George Campos people definite um, character yeah what a character yeah um, it's, you could see his kits from the moon I know that much um, yeah, and the thing is there. the thing is the thing is with George Campos is that I don't ever remember this guy making a save or catching <laughs> the ball or punching it out I don't really remember him doing anything all I remember about George Campos is that he had an incredibly bright kit yeah. but he seems to have stayed in our in our memory for that reason yeah and I remember doing a tweet years ago on the AK90 site about his it was like a little video I think I was got off YouTube or something like his highlights like you see but it went yeah. one of those, you know, when you don't, you tweet something, you think, yeah, and it went a bit mad. And yeah. there is obviously a lot of love out there for his performances, not just his kits. But yeah, I mean, I am yeah. thinking of George Campos and going, oh, goalkeeping kits of the 90s. Yeah. I wonder what he's doing now. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. What he's, well, we should get him on the show. Well, I wonder what he's wearing now. Yeah, I wonder what he's wearing now. <laughs> <laughs> More importantly, yeah. yeah. I think that's fair though. Going for a character like that in a in a World Cup because his people stand out. Like the other one that crossed my mind was Chilavel, yes, Paraguay keeper yeah. for for ninety eight because he you know took free kicks. We all know he took free kicks yeah. and scored a few goals for his country. Penalty, so. did he take, I think he took penalties as well. I'm sure I think he, did. he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah love a goal scoring goal keeper. Right, oh, where should I go? Fullbacks. Let's do two fullbacks then. Um, Ed, who have you got in your fullback positions? Uh, in my fullback position, so on the left-hand side, I've gone for uh, World Cup winner, uh, all-round decent uh, player, Andreas Bremer at oh. left-back. Uh, Andreas Bremer, as we as we know, could play uh, with left foot, right foot, just an all-round good player. Scored penalties in that World Cup with both feet, actually, which is uh, quite a talent. Um, and, uh, you know, he was... You know, obviously at Inter Milan at the time, you know, is a very, very good player. If I was to liken for anyone listening slightly younger who doesn't um, remember Bremer, I would like him. Well, actually, I was going to say I'd liken him to Dennis Irwin, but you might not remember him either if you don't remember Dennis. He's a bit later, and he's more. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, he's um, you know, he's, it was just very, very good going forward, but also an exceptional defender as well. Was he um, a Rolls Royce of a fullback though? Let's be honest. Well. Uh, you know, seeing as you described David Bardsby last time out <laughs> as um, as being a Rolls Royce of a defender, and I don't think David Bardsby's mum would even call him a Rolls Royce of a defender. Um, I, I I think I think I think it's fair to say that you could use the phrase Rolls Royce with Bremer. Yes. Yeah, he's um, a winner in a World Cup final. In fairness, yeah, Bardsby. yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yes, I think I think yeah, he does fall into that category. Right back, I've um, I've slightly cheated here, to be perfectly honest, because I needed to get this guy in and shoehorn him in. And his name is Benjamin Massing. Oh, I know why he's in And uh, <laughs> Benjamin Massing, of course, is famous for um, booting uh, Claudio Kanija about three miles up in the air. Yeah. Um, as we all know, Kanija, you know, jumps the first hurdle of a tackle, jumps the second hurdle of a tackle, and then gets absolutely obliterated in the third tackle. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, it's not great, and it's not great football. It's bloody funny, though, isn't it? I mean, I I can't watch that clip once. I need to watch it again and again yeah. and again. It just, <laughs> I, I, just lo- I just, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I know even on the next, <laughs> you know, that, that Argentina Cameroon game, the next day on Satan and Creevesy, this always makes me laugh. Like, they sort of talk about it and they go, oh, there was a few, a couple of rough challenges in the game. <laughs> but like today, there'd be like a whole week of shows yeah. about how it was all out war between yeah. two two countries. But they break Twitter. Yeah. And like, you know, there was one, there's an awful foul on Maradona at one stage. And Jimmy Greaves goes, oh, I'm not really sure if that's worthy of a yellow. And you're like, gee, because he takes his head off. But, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so so Benjamin Benjamin Messing is my right back for that reason. Okay, all right, cool. No, it's good to get him in there. And yeah, as soon as you say his name, that image just comes yeah. in, into my head. Um, I'll go next then. My fullbacks. Here's your tenuous QPR link for you, everyone. I could have gone Jan Stayskel for my goalkeeper who played for the Czech Republic in '90, but hadn't quite signed for QPR. He signed in the uh, October, I believe, because um, he played his debut with that Roy Wegley goal. Bingo card. Um, two seasons <laughs> for the top London club, bingo card. But the QPR link I have gone for is uh, Paul Parker, uh, right back for he for England in 1990. Who you know he's not a token. He didn't sound bad. Started pretty, I think he played pretty much every game. 
um, set up Gary Lineker's uh, equaliser against Germany in the semi-final. Obviously, that came off the back of him hitting his butt for Adrian Bremer again, free kick on in the Germany's opener as well. So he had a lot to be involved, but great defender, really underrated. Went to Man United quickly after this as well. Um, could play in centre, even though he was quite a small stature of a guy. He was uh, he used to be called the ferret, I believe, because yeah, his book's, called, his book's called Tackles Like a Ferret. There you go. There, there we go. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> There's a man who knows about his autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, so I've gone full Barker at right back um, and left back. Thunderfies himself. From 1998, the left back that defined the modern left back, Roberto Carlos. I mean, the man, I mean, especially at this time as well, because it was like a year after Le Tumor when everyone meant mental for him for that free kick as well. The advert in the airport, it was very peak of Brazilianness or Brazilians, as I heard someone say the other day, which made me laugh. Um, so I had to get Roberto Carlos in there, a bit of flair on my left hand side. So I've gone, yeah, Parker and Roberto Carlos are my, my two people. Um, you're yeah, about to say I'm, something controversial, aren't you? you I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and then I'm thinking about my uh, my standing and reputation, which is probably low anyway. So, Roberto Carlos, I'm um, I'm not sure about Roberto Carlos. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm just I'm just not. I just I know that he was brilliant going forward and the wonderful goals and all that sort of stuff, but defensively, which was actually meant to be his job predominantly. <laughs> He didn't seem very good at it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's his job. Yeah, I mean, come on. And and was it in France 98? There's a he tried to do an overhead kick in the uh, 18 yard box. And I think Brian, I think Brian Laudrup then scores as a result from you know, why are you yeah. trying to do an overhead kick? Well, well you know, what, what is that? It's so, a bit of fun, um, isn't it? Bit of well, fun. it is a bit of fun, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, suppose, I suppose I have, I suppose I've turned into a little bit Roy Kick, more probably Graham Souness, who's currently the most grumpiest man at the World Cup. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know about Roberto. What do you guys think? I mean, I, 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 I'm sorry, I let John talk to me. I was, was going to say is, I think you, I, there is some sort of credence in what you're saying, obviously. But then, I, at the same token, you don't play for like Real Madrid, yeah. uh, Brazil for my, you know Brazil's first choice left back for whatever mm. how many years without being. He was better going forward. I think we all know that, but he could defend. Yeah. And I know we all remember what he could do, but I think, yeah. But I do, I do see there is an element of what you're saying that when you say yeah. about Carlos, you don't think, oh, he, you know, he, like a Stuart Pierce, you imagine those crunching tackles or yeah. that, that positional play that he did. Um, I want to mention yeah. something else, but he's in my centre back position, so I'm not going to mention him yet. But yeah. Um, yeah, I see what you're saying, John. What do you think? Yeah, I'm definitely more in the Ash camp on Roberto yes. Carlos. I just, I just think, as you say, you know, Real Madrid. For so many years, when they when they've got their pick of players in the world, and he's and he's holding down that left back position for for ten years or or, or whatever it is, um, Brazil for that long as well. Yeah, I think it would, I I actually think that the Latournois free kick, amazing as it is, sort of does him a slight disservice because yeah. everybody just expected that again and again and again. It's a one off, isn't it? It's a one. Yeah, it's a one off. Yeah. Um, what I love about that goal, however many times I've watched it, is the the ball boy flinching as, <laughs> yeah. as, as it's as it's travelling towards him ten yeah. yards ten yards wide of the goal, and, and the ball boy sort of flinches before it before it. Good enough to worry going. about, mate. Good enough to worry about. Yeah, it's all fine. It's all under control. So yeah, I would definitely be um, more on the side of Roberto Carlos being uh, a wonderful, wonderful fullback. That said, I haven't picked him. Oh, who have you picked? Um, Let's segue right into that. Who have you well, picked? Uh, my left back is Paolo Maldini. So oh. I think he had to play. I think he started at left back. I think he had to play a bit at right, a bit at centre back as well because uh, Baresi got injured. 
for some of it. So I think he did a bit of both. But yeah, I've got him in at left back for that that ninety four team. Just an amazing player for so so long. And then uh, my right back um, thought about Cafu um, for his yeah. longevity, but I've gone for for like single World Cup. I've gone nineteen ninety eight Lillian Turam in that France oh, team. What a great shout that is! Yeah. Just, it's so it's so mad that we're seeing his son play in the current. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. really old yeah, yeah that's, that's that's where we are now yeah that's where we are but yeah i mean that french team in 1998 I, yeah I, it's a great team obviously they go on to win it i love it i love all that you know the the, the how sort of multicultural it is and sort of the, the diaspora from the former french colonies and and he's one i think he's from guadeloupe isn't he yeah yeah i think he he's is, born yeah. in guadeloupe yeah. man, but just an amazing player um, right back in that tournament and obviously mainly for that semi-final against Croatia when he just goes nuts and scores two goals. Yeah, he's only, only two goals. He's only two goals and yeah. I, I'm sure I've I've seen him interviewed or, or read an interview with him where he says he, he doesn't remember it. He's got no recollection of it. It's like, he, like he entered a trance or something yeah. for that for that 10 minutes in which like he scored those two goals. 140-odd caps for France. He yeah. scores two goals, and they're two goals that take your team to the World Cup final. Yeah, unbelievable. That's not, that's not bad, is it? I mean, you know, you got to you got to take you got to take that one. Um, Completed. I think that's what they say, didn't they? Completed it, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> great, absolutely great shout. Great, great player as well. Yeah, yeah. really, really great player. He was at Palmer, so, wasn't he, in the nineties? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah but. Yeah, I think really good Palmer team. Seeing seeing his son play now, just kind of, I just hate that. <laughs> if I'm honest with you, it just kind of just hits home that I'm now I'm now forty, really, for you know, and I'm I'm in that sort of bracket, you know. It's, uh, it's like seeing know. George Weir come out, see his son as well, and old Timmy. Yeah, George Weir's son. Yeah, don't get me even started on the whole Jude Bellingham thing about how young he is. So uh, yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> 19, yes, 19. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go centre-backs now because I've got Paolo Maldini as one of my centre-backs. Okay. So we yeah. spoke about him. Um, I guess you said, John, he could play both. I've got him from 90. I think 94 is probably his peak, but okay. he made the team of the tournament in, in 90 as well. But yeah, and you know, there's not much. John's already said an absolute just colossus of a player who just kept going and going and going. And uh, someone I love. Um, possibly the complete opposite in most ways next to him as well. No disrespect to this man because I love him. But flying the not USA 95, 94 flag as high and as loud as possible. Old glory in the air. Denim kit on as well. Yeah, you know where I'm going. Ginger beard, ginger hair. The symbol of USA 1994, Alexi Lalas. I know, really? again, I, I could have picked, you know, a, a plethora of defenders and, and of of some World Cup winners, of course, but when you talk about my favourite World Cup, that that guy, it just, it just stands for everything that, that made it so fun, so colourful. He was a guest here on the 50th episode and he was kind enough to spend nearly like over an hour with us just chatting about it as well. Um, so I've got soft spot for him for that as well. But yeah, Lexi Lalas just sums up that that glorious World Cup that I hope we get some sort of fun from in four years' time as well. I hope he turns up in a denim shirt and a guitar. I think that's kind of my... He's still involved, isn't he? We still see plenty of him. Yeah, he's still... Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen him on bits of TV coverage yeah. this time. He's on yeah, the he's definitely... somewhere as well. He was uh, Galaxy, wasn't he? Because he's yeah, he always... Was, yeah. When Beckham signed, I remember yeah. him being... Um... I think he's also part of the US, kind of, like as in the FA type. I think he's got a role in that now, I believe. Right. So... He will be. He'll be there. And he'll be all over it. I think. I imagine in four years' time. I mm. think. Yeah, he's, he's a character, isn't he? and uh, again, another one that's remembered for uh, 
his uh, looks and what he was wearing rather than maybe <laughs> his actual <laughs> football ability. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just looking at your team and I'm thinking, hold on a minute, right? So Paul Parker and Maldini have got their work cut out because Maldini's got Lalas and Carlos. Yeah, uh, you know one, you know one side of him, and then he's got George Campos behind him. So there's not even a guarantee that I George Campos him. is going to be in goal. Yeah, he I could be up Maldini. front. It's all good. I trust Maldini. Who have you got then, sir, in your centre of your defence? Centre of defence, I have gone. This is a bit of a personal choice because I love this man to bits. Uh, Paul McGrath. Oh. Uh, Paul McGrath played in the Giant Stadium for the Republic of Ireland versus Italy, and I think if the two teams were still there now. They still wouldn't take the ball round Paul McGrath and score. He was that good on that day. Um, it was a once in a lifetime. Well, it was just a once in a lifetime thing to actually see someone play that well. Um, it's a it's a performance that's still held up in Ireland now as the greatest. And you know, they're they're, they're still talking about it. You know, nearly thirty years on. Um, it, it's hard to imagine as well that Paul McGrath was thirty four years of age in this game with two dodgy knees, and he was up against you know, the likes of Baggio, et cetera. And, um, you know, even in the last minute, there's a cross that comes in and you think they're in trouble here. And there he is, just no nonsense, just takes care of it. And, um, yeah, so for that, I've gone for Paul McGrath. And my other centre-back is, uh, I think um, this is a, a shout for France 98, um, Frank De Boer. Um, oh, OK. I, yeah, I, think, um, I think we forget, perhaps, you know, forget in the, the midst of time that how good... The De Boer brothers actually yeah, were, yeah. funny enough, for Ajax and obviously well, later I'll on. I'll tell that to Palace fans, but yeah. Yeah, of course, they <laughs> went on to, you know, he went on to, to Barcelona and stuff. And But no, Frank De Boer, um, obviously famous for the, uh, the, the the ball through to Dennis Bergkamp for that goal in the quarterfinal in uh, in 98. So, so yeah, I've gone for uh, Paul McGrath and Frank De Boer. We have to say at this point as well, when we ever mention that goal, we have to dig out Sashi Nakrani, who still thinks that goal is one of the most overrated goals of all time. Yes, that goal, Dennis Burkamp's beautiful goal, he still thinks it's it's overrated, saying that any footballer of his... What is the terms that any footballer of his ability should be able to do what Dennis Burkamp does is, is his yeah. reasoning. Yeah, so, well, I mean, the point is... There's not more than <laughs> there's not more than ten players of that ability, right? I'd argue there's not more than one. John. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I remember I, te- I I could see Sash's point at the time. I know, so I'm I'm sort of sticking my neck on the the, the block here. But um, the first touch is amazing. Uh, absolutely, yeah. There is not many people that could do that, but the rest of it um, should be able to be achievable in my in my humble opinion. But yeah, the occasion. The occasion, the occasion yeah. makes the goal. But the occasion definitely the makes the goal. Listen to a previous episode. We've very much had this yeah. argument. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. The occasion <laughs> makes the goal. Yeah. Uh, John, who have you got in your centre of your defence? Uh, well, I've got Paul McGrath as well. Oh, he's a lot um, of love for Paul McGrath today. A lot of love. For, yeah, I mean, for the same reasons as Ed, really. Um, I think he's Paul McGrath somebody who, when he was at Man United, I was, obviously I was a, a younger man then, a young lad, and I was sort of dimly aware that he was quite good. Um, but it was only when he got bombed out of Man United and went to Aston Villa that I really appreciated how, how good he really was. And when he, you know, I think he wins player of the year and he, yeah. when he's sort of deep into his 30s there and his knees don't work anymore and he can barely train and he's got his well-documented drink problems and he's still this awesome player. And uh, and as Ed said, that um, the game against Italy is incredible, which is one of the results... Uh, across these three tournaments that we're talking about, Ireland beating Italy 1-0 is one of the um, 
one of the most memorable games uh, within that Ray Houghton's goal, obviously. But yeah, McGrath's performance in that it's just incredible. Mm, no, um, alongside him. Um, alongside him, I've got Marcel Desailly. Oh, um, Ninety-eight. Just a, again, yeah, that, that World Cup winning team, just quick, clever player. He's played in every game. I think he might have played every minute. Well, every minute until he got sent off in the final, obviously. Yes, but I don't mind a bit of red card. This this team's got got the odd the odd red card or mad yeah. moment in it. I yeah. don't mind a bit of a bit of inbuilt fragility. But yeah, um, why not? Yeah, I forgot he got uh, sent off. Yeah. yeah, I forgot yeah. he got sent off. Was that was that a straight red or a second yellow? Can you remember? I think it's a second yellow. Yeah, I think yeah. it's a second yellow, yeah. It's yeah. really something I've, I've just I've I think, blocked from my mind completely. Yeah, yeah Desai's a strange one though, as well. Like He's in that kind of sort of area that he was so good that he kind of gets overlooked. Like, no one ever really goes, mm. oh, yeah, because you just go, oh, yeah, Desai is brilliant. Like, yeah. But no one ever really goes, no, 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 he was brilliant. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I think I've told this story before. I remember when Chelsea signed him, I was doing, I was a paper boy at the time and, I always say we were Sky Sports News of the era because you get the papers first thing and you've got to go and tell them. Mm. Mate. I remember, I literally can see myself drawing out the paper and seeing that on the back page that Chelsea were about to sign Desai. And even in mm. that sort of tail end of the career, I was like, wow. Like, yeah. look at that. Look at the, the, the calibre of player they signed him. But yeah. yeah. It was a dark time when Chelsea started signing all those good players. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, okay, let's go midfield then, people. Um, Edge, you said you've gone for a... Slightly, let's go. We're still, you can you can clump them as a three, though, can't you? Because we can all do that together then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can clump them as a three. Oh, then, without doubt. Without doubt. So, yeah, you're, I've, uh, you're three. I've got my uh, holding midfield player, uh, somebody that might get overlooked every now and then uh, from France 98, and that's Dunga. Ah. Uh, Most mainly, Brazilian, Brazilian. Yeah, just mainly just due to the fact that I think it's a great name um, yeah. for a start. Um, Dunga. Do we know what uh, Dunga translates to in English? I only found this out this morning. Oh. I do know. I do know what it means. It means dopey, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does mean dopey. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when I read it. I was like, right, so basically the guy's just been called dopey for the last 20 plus years. Yeah. Um, do, we, so... do we know why? Does somebody think he looks like... I, character dopey, or is it like every every football team's got a trigger? Was either <laughs> <laughs> no, I I read it this morning. Now it's not as interesting as that, unfortunately. <laughs> Apparently, when he was a kid, he was quite small in stature, um, as in in comparison to his peers. Uh, so they named him after one of the seven dwarfs, and it just transpires that they called him after mean. the dopey one. And yeah, I mean, you know, well, you know. I'm, I'm just telling the story. I wasn't there. No, no <laughs> it makes me immediately want to go and look up the, the Portuguese for every other of the seven. Yeah. <laughs> see what else he could have been called. I wonder if Dunga's got an autobiography. He must have. <laughs> he's he translated, must have. yeah. Yeah, he must have. Tales of the Dopey. Yeah. So, yeah, so I've gone for um, I've gone for Dunga Ash at the base of the base right. of midfield. Yeah, and who's uh, that? And the, uh, my, my other two midfielders are probably fairly... Fairly obvious if anyone's been listening to me for the last year or so. Uh, Paul John Gascoigne, uh, greatest English midfielder in my life. So I'm absolutely superb. Doesn't need any introduction than that. And the other person, again, doesn't need any intro. Uh, Zinedine Zidane, oh. glorious. One of the most graceful footballers. One of my one of my footballing regrets is that I never got to see um, Zidane play live. Um, I'd love to have loved to see him play live. But... Um, what a player. What a player. What a player. 
Yeah, I, I really tried to avoid those two when I was picking my team because yeah. they're such the obvious picks. Yeah, I knew that you'd pick at least one of them. <laughs> um, I had my hat on Gascoigne, so but yeah, you've yeah. got both because I've got both. It's yeah, all oh, right, okay. Yeah. I've got both as well. I've got Zidane and, and Gascoigne because, yeah, I mean, you cannot, not, I always say Gazza is the 90s. That is kind of that you cannot ignore John Paul Gascoigne for what yeah. he did in the Tally 90 and, and onwards. Um, so he's or, or Paul John Gascoigne for that. Yeah, I call him John Paul, yeah. John Paul, yeah. Um, and, he, and then he's, um, and then Zidane for 98, it's, yeah, it's just, it was his World Cup, wasn't it? I mean, I, I really was tempted to go with Petit because I was a big fan of Petit and I loved that final kind of crescendo to the World Cup that he came on and scored that goal that kind of was like, everyone could then party. Um, and I really like, rated him as at Arsenal as well. But I always wonder, I'm sorry to jump in there, I always wonder with Petit, right, whether, if you could say to him, go back to 1998, win the double, win the World Cup or appear on the bill, which one would he rather yeah. go back and do? <laughs> <laughs> I know where my money is. Bill. He was in the bill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in an episode of the bill. It's incredible. Flowers to a hospital. Yeah. Or something, isn't yeah. He? yeah. He, and he has a conversation. He has a conversation with the actor who I now think is Jack Brannan in EastEnders. I'm pretty sure of that. Or he was in whoever he was talking to was in eventually in EastEnders. Oh, yeah, I've oh, seen that clip before. Yeah, yeah. That used to be the yeah. national impression. Bill EastEnders. Maybe yeah. maybe Dream Team was thrown in there a little bit as well. Yeah, that, but uh, yeah, Emmanuel Emmanuel Petit was on the on the, on the bill. Yeah, yeah, it's on both our Twitter feeds. Surely we've both posted yeah. it at some point. Oh, we're gonna go and find it. On, um, yeah, Sid Lambert. Sid Lambert definitely loves that clip. So yeah, yeah it's uh, oh, it's, it's it's Oscar winning from the boy. To be <laughs> fair. Um, right, I'll go oh. my other midfielder there before we go over to John. Um, Part of another world, it is a world card, but as Ed knows, I get quite obsessive with players and you'll realise that with my strikers as well, which people will know if they listen to this a long time. And during 94 and into 98, I really had this, and I don't know why, because when he became, in, uh, he came to the Premier League later on, I didn't really care that much. But for that kind of period, JJ Akocha, I really oh, got him. Nice. I don't know why. Obviously, he didn't really pull up many trees in the World Cup other than, you know, you, these. I think it was the skills. It was like Nigeria and African teams were still quite an unknown quantity for us kind of growing up. And Nigeria were this mm. new kind of flamboyant team and they had all these star players. And this young lad, he had like dyed ginger hair. Got to think about gingers, clearly, um, as well at 98. So, yeah, I love JJ Okocha. I know it's a bit of a random Gascoigne to Dan and Okocha, but that was kind of... Well, I mean, I'd, I'd pay to watch it. Exactly, yeah. I mean, again, Maldini's got a lot of work in this team because there's, yeah. no, there's no defensive work going on in that midfield either. Um, so they're my three. John, who are your three in midfield? Well, I mean, listening to you two talking about Gaza, I do feel bad about not picking him. I haven't got anybody English in this eleven at all. I mean, Gaza yeah. would have would have been the one, I guess. Um, but yeah, he's not made it. But it's a, it's a strong old three and I stand by it. So I've got uh, Matthias no. uh, oh, yes. from 1990 at the base, uh, probably doing quite a lot of work for given who's in front of him um and then i've got zidane which we've obviously talked about at length 98 world cup belongs to him amazing yeah. and then i've got maradona in there <laughs> because <laughs> if you if Literally you well an all-time great midfield yeah. yeah exactly if you can pick maradona in an 11 then i think you pick maradona in 11 and i've i've got a lot of fondness for him at that 1990 world cup i maybe didn't have at the time uh, because obviously, you know, everybody, everybody English was still a bit raw from '86. I am over it now, which is more than Peter Shilton is. But, <laughs> but yeah, at, the, at 1990, you know, is probably not a lot of love for him. But I just, re- I've come to appreciate what he did at that World Cup, and and as it went on, you know, you can see what he's doing, and he dragged that team 
not great Argentina team, as we discussed when we're talking about Goicacha. You've got Goicacha in goal, Kinesia up front and, and Maradona. And then I can remember bits and pieces like names, but I can't I can remember yeah. Trolio scoring a goal, but I don't okay. remember yeah. don't remember much else. Um, standing out from it, but Maradona just drags them through the the, the Brazil game in the second round. Um, Brazil just batter them, just yeah. absolutely batter them. Should be three, four, five up, uh, and then about ten minutes to go, Maradona just goes on that run. Just draw. They're, they're terrified of him. Just draws all the defenders to him. Kinesia makes that run, one ball through. Kinesia around the keeper scores. Argentina go through. And then you get the, the quarterfinal against Yugoslavia and then the semi-final against Italy, a big fan of as well, because it's in Naples. Yeah. Um, where he's, you know, made, made, yeah, he's an absolute legend there and can't believe that people aren't supporting him. And then they fall one short in the final. But yeah, Maradona, absolutely. I think if you can have him in a team, you've got to have him in a team and he would be in my team. He would be captain. He would be going up for the toss and he would be doing that thing from 1990 when he bounced the ball up yeah, on his shoulder yeah, yeah. At, the, at, at the very start of the tournament. So, yeah, Maradona. Maradona, Zidane and Matthias. That is some, that is some <laughs> midfield, isn't it? That is like world-class. You've got a bit of everything there. You've got the power yeah. of Matthias. You've got the yeah. greatness of Zidane and then you've got the genius and kind of... Yeah. Nasty side of Maradona as well, so yeah. yeah. JJ Koch is looking pretty stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, probably got the best haircut, right? Yeah, that's true. Let's go with that. Hits you know, just on, just on JJ Koch, I worked out recently. Well, I didn't work it out. I've read it. Whatever you're going to say, yeah, go on. Who, who, like, who his nephew is? Yeah, Alex Awobi. Yeah, Alex Awobi. I never knew oh, that. Yeah. I well, you know, know that because I did some work with him many years when he was at Arsenal, and that came yeah. up. That we talked a lot about that and how he grew up watching him, and yeah, very random. Yeah. It is, well, yeah, it's yeah, it's very random. I also wasn't sure whether JJ Acocha was the same guy as Augustine Acocha that was on Championship Manager ninety seven ninety eight, and it turns out it was the same guy. Yeah, so yeah, there you go. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I, I, you stuck with JJ. That was more memorable. So yeah, yeah. I, I think if <laughs> no offense to anyone listening called Augustine, but if yeah. if my name was Augustine, I think JJ would be bit cooler personally you've, so, lost, you've lost a lot of followers there yeah, I've lost, uh, I think I think yeah yeah, yeah. you've lost that Augustine dollar you yeah. we did we didn't we didn't have many to start with John you know it was my <laughs> mum Ash's mum and that was about it I think. I'm not called Augustine as far as I know as well. no well yeah absolutely <laughs> right that's 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 hit heavy and end it on the front three of all of us then uh Ed take us with your front three uh, yeah, so my front three, uh, my first one is probably incredibly obvious, uh, Roberto Baggio. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely adore Roberto Baggio. I've, I've made you? no secret of that whatsoever. <laughs> um, I'm not even a Christmas jumper type of guy, but last year I bought a Christmas jumper because it was a Roberto Baggio Christmas jumper. So <laughs> I will proudly be wearing that again on Christmas Day this year, probably, um, even if it doesn't fit. And uh, just a wonderful footballer. We know we know that. But if you think of Serie A during the 90s, Roberto Baggio is very, very close to, to the you know the forefront of your mind, the, the, the games we used to see on Channel 4. Obviously scored a great goal, Italian 90, but in 94, he was the talisman for... Um, Italy and it was almost this is the only time I can really remember a World Cup being a play, it almost felt like a player versus a player which is my next choice which is um, Romario oh. um, so Baggio it was almost like Romario's Brazil yeah. versus Baggio's Italy obviously both teams are great players in it that we've already sort of we've already alluded to probably a couple of them but it just felt like it was 
two attackers up against one another, which is such a surprise when you consider the final was quite a stale event, yeah, really, yeah, in true, the yeah. end. Um, but yeah, but, I mean, Romario, underrated is actually the wrong word, but he's not held up yeah, he's in, the, in the same level as, uh, well, funny enough, my next choice, which is Ronaldo, uh, yeah. the, the original the original and uh, uh, arguably best uh, Ronaldo. Um, so that is my um, front three. Ronaldo in 98 will never quite know what really happened, I don't think, for the final. Um, but um, again, he was a player that almost dragged Brazil to that to that final. His goals and talent was simply unbelievable. Um, yes, absolutely. So yeah, so for that, that's my front three, which I don't think is too bad. Baggio, Romario and Ronaldo. Strong. Yeah, he's strong. Um, I'll let John go last, so I'll do mine. Um, I've got Romario as well, and I echo everything you say. I loved him in 94. And Bibeto, it has to be said. Bloody loved a bit of Bibeto. Yes, um, yes. But together, and, and, I, and I, as I, well, there's two of them in this front three. Like, I'm a smaller guy, and I think for Romario, he was quite a small guy. But the way he used to move and his touch, and he always be in the right position as well. That goal against Holland, I always remember, because just it just seemed to, I was so into that game. It's one of my favourite football games. Yes. Um, so yeah, I loved Romario. Um, my other two, um, no surprises on either of these. If any long-time listeners will know, I love both of these players. Uh, I've got it written down. I've got it written down. Go on, go, on, go for it. No, no, no. You tell. You tell me. Go on. You, you say. You say. Uh, Michael Owen is, is yes awesome from '98. Um, loved and Michael Owen when he broke through. Um, it's such a shame that. He's become such a kind of cliche pundit that's kind of <laughs> kind of tinted the fact that I loved him as a as a footballer in that '98. You know, we don't have to that Argentina goal, the goal in the group stages as well. 18 years old. I mean, and you know, Jude Bellingham is doing it a year later, so I get it. But at that time, it was almost unheard of. Oh, brilliant! Um, and he was so good. He was so fearless, so scared. I always remember that game following the World Cup against Newcastle, first day of the season, where he scored a hat trick of Liverpool, and you're just like, this kid, he's gonna. Yeah. I mean, injuries didn't help and he didn't probably be as he still won the Ballon d'Or and is the last Englishman to do that whether yeah. you agree with it or not but um he did <laughs> win the Ballon d'Or and then beside him somebody oh, I just loved him from the 90s and John you won't appreciate his latter days at West Ham but Davos Suka was somebody oh it just absolutely I just love he's one of those players because in the mid you know we talk about players that come out of nowhere you don't get that anymore in mm. we all with YouTube and social media we all know pretty much 90, 95% of the players, you know, and Nicholas Krul, a full Krulfog, whatever his name is, from Germany, was a bit of a random, oh, he, where's he come from? You don't get much of that anymore. You know, in, when Croatia came in, you had this guy up front and, you know, he played for Real Madrid, but I hadn't heard of him. Then to see how good he was, proper striker, could score all types of goals, top scorer in 98 as well. So, yeah, I've gone Davos, Juka, Michael Owen, and Romario as, as my throat. So, nice. Were those your two guesses, Ed? Yes, they were. I have written down here. I have written down here. Ash, underlined Romario Suka Owen. There you go. <laughs> wow. that's, uh, that's, that's twenty years. A friend, I've been all these, all these yeah. years. Wow, you've been <laughs> doing this too long, guys. Yeah, that's that's twenty years of knowing someone. I think. Yeah. yeah. There it is. Uh, John, freshen it up. Who have you got? <laughs> uh, well, I've got I've got two the same as Ed. Um, I've got Baggio uh, for ninety four. Again, you get Baggio naysayers, don't you? You get you get. I know. Oh. Yeah. Get yeah. people to talk him down, but I, I won't have it. And he, I thought he, <laughs> he, he was amazing at that at that tournament, ninety ninety as well, obviously. Yeah. But I've got him in for ninety four. Yeah. Um, just for the 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 weight of goals. Um, so I'd have him playing behind uh Ronaldo, yeah. in ninety eight. 
Um, as discussed, I just don't think there's ever been a more exciting yeah. striker than <laughs> than Ronaldo when he first came through there. That that first few years up to the knee injury, I think mm-hmm. is something else. Amazing. And then my third one, as you say, it's it's nice when somebody comes along, um, like you were talking about Suke there, who perhaps wasn't so well known. I didn't mind Suke at West Ham, you know, but it was nice to have him. We yeah. certainly didn't see his best, but it was nice to have no. him. But yeah, you're right. It's it's a not a feature of this World Cup that you think there's somebody you don't know and then you have a look and it turns out they played for Reading two years ago. <laughs> yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's very yeah. few surprises. Yeah. So I've got oh, yeah. I've, yeah. so I've got somebody in um, who just seems to exist within the snow globe of Italian 90, which is um, Scalacci. Oh, yes. Nothing says 90 like just, Toto Scalacci. Exactly, right? You want somebody who's just, he just lives in that World Cup. Yeah. I think he was already at Juventus, but I'd certainly never heard of him before that first game. Yeah. I can remember um, the first game against Austria. Um, I was at a, a school friend's party. And I can remember getting a cab home with a mate and we knew the result, didn't know who scored and the taxi driver going, yeah, some bloke, I don't know him, Shilaki. Shilaki. <laughs> I always think of him as, as Shilaki as much as I think of him as Scalacci. But yeah, just that, that tournament, he just sort of lives in that snow globe of a tournament, didn't do much after it, but just devastating. All sorts of goals in that tournament. Yeah. With his, with his head, sort of scrappy ones. The goal is Uruguay in the quarters, is it? Or second yeah, round? Yeah, second yeah. round. Second round from outside the box. It's just that's the sort of thing. It's the sort of shot you only take on once your confidence is up. Yeah. And he, he's good. just absolutely flying for that tournament. He's uh, he's amazing. So yeah, so my front three, Baggio, Ronaldo, oh. and Scalacci. Oh, that's, that's good. good. That's good. I mean saw a goal of Scalacci the other day. I think it was Sid Lambert actually who posted it saying his name again, but it was for I think it's a Japanese club that he's that he signed for later on in his career. And it's, okay. it's a proper goal, but it was kind of like you say, I was like Oh my god, there's a, there's something of Scalacci I've seen outside those few months. That he <laughs> yeah. I didn't know they was exist. I think he was even more kind of receding hairline at the back as well. I was like, look at him, he's, there he is. He's just yeah. he's just an Italian ninety superhero. Is he there was another yeah. player of yeah. like in any World Cup you could say like is a kind of microcosm of that. I can't even no. I don't think there is, is there? Not not to that level. No. Of, like, he didn't so. really I mean, I know probably we're a little bit blinkered because we didn't have much Italian football at that time on like that was mm. even before Channel 4 started showing Italian football so we we didn't see that every week so maybe that's why we didn't know much of him but god yeah it does sum up it does really sum up Italian scene but perfectly um brilliant well we had a manager um I I have like you said who guessed my front three I'm guessing you've gone the same manager as me because I've got I haven't I've been writing this down because I trust you but I've got 1990 and an uncle Bobby Robson is that where you've gone Ed? No, no, oh. no, shock, shock. I'm going to surprise you. No, um, I have gone for another man from that part of the world. I have gone for 1994. Oh, I should have guessed. I've gone Jack Chelton. Um, oh. I, in a nutshell, I adore Jack Chelton. Um, I think he's, I, th- I just think he was brilliant with that Ireland team. That Ireland team was a very good side. Uh, you know, it was just a great. A great man manager, you know, you, you you've seen it yourself, you know, the way you dealt with Paul McGrath and, yeah. and and those those type of characters and what have you. So yeah, just a just a great just a great guy. Um Jack Tolton, yeah. So um, you know, USA ninety four he was 
seemed to struggle with the heat like most most other people. You know, he, uh, him and Steve Staunton seemed to uh, uh, yes. seem to seem to hate the uh, one hundred degree heat. But uh, yeah, so yeah, I've gone for um, Jack Charlton. I think I think there's not much you can coach Baggio, Romario, Zidane, Gaza, and Ronaldo. Yeah, so we might as well just take them out for a beer, really. So I think yeah. Jack would be the right man to do that. And John, who have you gone for? Exactly. I've, I've, ah. The same reasons I've gone Jack Charlton as well. I had, I had um, 1994 left. Uh, so I've gone with Jack Charlton. You know, the, the the hat, the heat, the row against Mexico, trying to get water onto the pitch, the um, the barrel of Guinness in his room for, yes. for anybody that wants to come and see him. As, as Ed says, I think this team that I've picked isn't going to need a lot of coaching or take a lot of coaching. I think you need somebody who's just going to keep everybody happy and just keep everybody ticking over. So, yeah, Jack Charlton for me. Perfect. That's a perfect ending to a, a very fun show. Thank you, um, mm. Andrew, for that, for that tip, because that was a really good um, way of putting an 11 together, and we do like doing that very much. Um, John, before we go, just give us a final plug for the book. It's nearly Christmas. We want people to to purchase it. Is it usual places and all that? Yeah, yeah, usual places, usual bookshops uh, online. Uh, it's published by Pitch Publishing, so you can get it uh, direct from their website, and it's called Final Third, The Last Word on Our Football Heroes. Uh, fun look at football autobiographies. And your Twitter fi- handle, which is the best Twitter name on the Twitterverse, is? <laughs> well, yeah, I was late to it, and John Smith was already gone, uh, as, no. you, as you might yeah. expect. So, yeah, I'm on there as very popular name. <laughs> Excellent, love it. Um, Ed, where can people drink in the tavern? Uh, don't know why you sang it like that. I don't know. I, I was doing. Have you not seen? I enjoyed it though. It was good. Have you not seen? It was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was clever. Uh, <laughs> at oh, I'm going to get it wrong now. At Tavern Football. There yeah. you go. Oh, nearly got it wrong. Nearly, nearly got it wrong. Right. Follow the show at AK Nineties. Follow myself at Ashrays UK. Uh, we'll be back soon for another hour or so dose of 90s goodness um got a very special guest actually spoiler alert so hopefully that'll be dropping for you next week um until next time this is our live kick in keep it 90s